We acknowledge the Kaurna people, who are the traditional owners and custodians on the land in which we live, and pay our respects to Indigenous elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Disclaimer. We are not experts on BTS or K-pop. We are just fans and admirers who are sharing our love and enthusiasm for BTS. We review BTS as a podcast dedicated to BTS and their incredible music. going to be about BTS and their incredible music over the last seven years. We're starting from the very beginning today and we're going to be talking about their first track, their debut song from June 13th, 2013. But before we start, I thought I'd do a little intro on who we are. My name is Tori. I'm an ARMY since March 17th, 2018. Very important date. Kate, are you an ARMY? No, I am not. I do apologise to any BTS fans listening today. Uh, No, I'm not an ARMY but I very much enjoy listening to people talk about BTS and watching BTS. I I don't think, I think I first knew about BTS probably because when Tori came to our book club and started talking about BTS, that's when <laughs> I was introduced to them. I have seen and heard a few of the music and lyric things and dances and stuff, so appreciate. Appreciate. <laughs> yeah. That's where it starts. Starting with the appreciation yeah. is a good gateway. <laughs> My name is Lainey. I am a quarantine army. Uh, I got into BTS in May of 2020 and yeah, I'm a massive fan and here to represent ARMY. And so that the podcast isn't too biased, we've we've levelled out the two ARMY with the two non-ARMY and lastly we have Victoria. Yes, so I came across BTS from Tori, of course, because we're all in the <laughs> same book club. It's like a disease, I think, <laughs> everybody. Uh, so I've only listened to Love Yourself all the way through, which I love, which is really, really good. But yeah, mostly just from Tori, bits and pieces, but I'm very interested. Well, you're not an army until you've actually converted someone, so there we go. <laughs> no. True, true. And it is, it's like, it's it's an intense religion, isn't it? It is. We are converting people it's wherever we go. <laughs> it is a cult. You're in a cult. Call yeah. your dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everything they want you about. Positive reasons only. <laughs> so for the army here, how did you stumble across BTS, lady? Like, when did, like, obviously you've given us the date, but quarantine. Yeah. How did it happen for you? Um, I actually came across BTS probably in 2017 as well. I watched a ridiculous amount of YouTube uh, and a lot of the YouTubers react were react to K-pop. And so I saw them there and was like, that's amazing. Didn't really get into it at the time. And obviously you were talking about in book club and I'm like, that's a rabbit hole. I'm definitely going to consume my life. I'll stay away. <laughs> and then two of my sisters, um, I'm one of eight children and two of my sisters got into BTS in a hard way and I was like that's it I'm just gonna let it go and just haven't looked back since so you couldn't avoid it any longer I couldn't I knew it was gonna consume my life and I fought it but uh, I gave in and I think I do warn most people who are intrigued or just starting to get interested that it is a rabbit hole like and once you're in there's no escape you're on this bung and done shit for life for life (laughs) for life so yeah and as far as how I ended up falling in love with BTS I had just gone to vote for the election in 2018 with my family and I'd come home and I was doing some creative writing work for myself I guess and I normally listen to metal and hardcore nice yes yes, this was very surprising for my friends when they found (laughs) out I was into BTS and I needed something lighter for that particular scene I was writing and I had a friend Trin who had been telling me how much I would love BTS but I hadn't done the dive I was like I I was aware of them I'd heard mic drop on the radio such a banger exactly (laughs) so I was aware it was out there and I just I thought you know what maybe this is the time to listen to something a little bit more upbeat a little bit more positive than my screaming music and I fell very deep like did you get any writing done that's the question no I got no (laughs) writing done I started playing it and I was Uh like this is a vibe I'm into this sure and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch a couple of music videos. Oh, dear. 
<laughs> and the moment for me, I watched a few music videos. I watched DNA, I remember. Mm. I watched Mic Drop. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Dope. Oh, right. So I watched Dope. And the right opening start. of Dope is Jungkook. Yep. And he's I in mean, a police uniform. Yeah, he is. And he says, hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. And I was gone. <laughs> I, I was like, that man can take everything from me. Mm-hmm. I am his. <laughs> and that my entire day was just filled with back-to-back BTS videos trying to learn their names, which one was which. Mm-hmm. It is it is hard initially, mm-hmm. and especially because they change hair colours so regularly. That threw me a lot as well at mm. the start. I was like, oh, I can just follow, you know, the blue-haired one. No, you can't. No, <laughs> no, exactly. So you need to learn their face faces, mm-hmm. facial expressions, mm-hmm. their body builds, etc. Mm-hmm. And their voices. Um, and their voices. Yeah. So <laughs> the voices, I think, are actually more easily distinguished yeah. to me, at least, than their faces, especially at the beginning, I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think I worked it out by watching lyric videos. <gasps> Uh, to work out who was singing Mm -hmm. and then play the video at the same time and watch honestly it was a lot (laughs) lot. but nevertheless I persevered I've now spent every uh, dollar of my savings and life on these men from Korea valid choice yes they make me happy they make us all happy Mm -hmm. so I want to before we talk about their debut song I want to set the stage for June 13th 2013 or just 2013 in general obviously we're recording from Australia. Julia Gillard was our Prime Minister at that time. Our first female Prime Minister. Our last female Prime Minister. (laughs) And our greatest (laughs) Prime Minister since. Yeah. We've we've had a bad run with PMs since then, unfortunately. The worst thing is, is September 2013 was when Tony Abbott was voted in. I was was gonna say, because of the Rudd thing happened. Anyway, Australian politics, it's a mess. Don't go there. The Superman movie. Man of Steel premiered in mm. 2013. Wow. Wow. I mean, Does that make you feel old? Yes. And I do enjoy Henry Cavill, so. Yeah. Henry Cavill's pretty good. Beyonce did that amazing halftime show at the Super oh. Bowl. Oh, yes. yes. With Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that episode of Game of Thrones aired, The Red Wedding. Yes. Oh, was that seven years ago? <laughs> that was seven years ago. Jeez. The most horrific TV episode uh. to ever exist. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five came out. <laughs> In 2013. Now we have content. And I just played it last month (laughs) for the first time. I'm a little bit behind on that. Any other pop culture moments I've missed in 2013? I mean, I was looking at the Hottest 100. So if you don't know Australian music, like Triple J is a radio station and they host the Hottest 100. And it kind of does a sum up of like the year and like what's been popular in Australia for that year. The number one song for that year was Chet Faker's. um, Oh, Chet Faker! Talk is cheap. I loved Chet Faker. And also, probably more global, Sia released Chandelier that year. Oh my gosh. Adelaide girl Sia, actually. I I even wrote down the Hot 100 from that particular week that BTS debuted. The top song was Can't Hold Us by Macklemore and Ryan... Macklemore, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) And Ryan Lewis, as well as Mirrors by Justin Timberlake. Get Lucky, Daft Punk. Oh my god. Uh, Just Give Me a Reason by Pink Cruise by Florida Georgia Line featuring Nelly Blurred Lines the problematic song of the century there's a Selena Gomez on there Imagine Dragons Rihanna like it was a different time guys it was I feel so old right now oh gosh so where were you you in 2013 June 2013 I would have been studying for exams how old were you Kate oh god Ask me that. <laughs> I was uh, 23, turning yeah. 24 that year, and I would have been at uni doing English. I think I was doing creative writing that year, actually, because nice. it's a really good course, an English course I was doing. And so I would have been studying, but I also know that I had bought tickets to go for, to New York for the first time in September. Wow. So wow. I would have been planning. That was an important year. Big year. Big year. Lainey, where were you? So June 2013, I had just turned 28 as the eldest here. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's important no. in Korean culture or anything. Just throw that out there. Um, and we were gearing up for the library. The city library was about to move. So there's two libraries in the city that were closing and they were both rec- relocating to a single location. Lainey is um, a librarian. I am a librarian. <laughs> and um, we had protesters out on the street of the library. About the library moving. <laughs> about the library moving. So yes. that was my June of that's that year. An intense, that's an intense month for you. How about you, Vic? I actually do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> quite to an event in Adelaide. Yeah. A library moving, how dare they? It was. Um, yeah, 2013, I was 20 and I was at uni doing design, which I hated. <laughs> Splitting my third year over two years, awful idea. Just leave. Um, and... <laughs> just leave, I mean. Yeah, just leave. And I was really obsessed with Hannibal and The Last of Us was just about to come out. Oh, The oh. Last of Us. That the is last a good game. Yeah. Oh my god. Jeez. I know, right? Yeah. God, that game. <laughs> um, Emotionally compromising there. Oh, big time. <laughs> Another thing that was quite interesting about mm. that time is it's when Great Gatsby came out, the movie. Oh, wow. And do you remember how many 1920s parties people were throwing at that time? Yes. I mean, how I, I didn't know I wasn't invited to any. But it's just like, there's there all the headpieces and, and everything. It's like, and all the dresses were popular. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like, it was, yeah. the, it was the Northern Hemisphere summer yeah. that yeah. everyone was doing 20s parties. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gatsby. I was in Paris. Wow. <laughs> oh, you win. Just throwing it out there. Not to top any of you. But I was in the middle of a three-month Euro trip. Oh, my God. I was about to start. I was, it was the day before. I don't before. know if you're winning at the moment. It's on the Euro trip. <laughs> um, I was about to start a 22-day Contiki tour. Oh, I had just yeah. turned 25 a few days before in Mykonos. I was in a very big rough patch in my life. I could have really used BTS at that point in my life, but I would not find them for another five years. To know that Tori, 25-year-old Tori, could have had BTS in her life. Oh, yeah. would have been a different thing. <laughs> the things that could have happened. Yeah, yeah, I know. Could you imagine? So the first performance of their first single, No More Dream, took place during their press conference and unofficial debut on June 12th. So that was technically the first performance. But for the general public, the group's official debut performance of the song was on Mnet's M Countdown on June 13th. Without going into too much history, because I feel like their backstory is going to come out organically as we progress this podcast, the members were either headhunted, recruited, or auditioned to join Big Hit Entertainment, who is the company that owns BTS, technically. Who have now changed their name as of the recording of this podcast. And Very recently. Oh, wow. They're now yeah. called Hybe. Yes. Hybe. Hybe. Yeah. Hybe. H-Y-B-E. Oh, no. It's interesting, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so BTS, which stands for, it's an abbreviation of Bangtan Soyeondan, which translates to Bulletproof boys or boy scouts so they were originally a a rap group Mm. a hip-hop group group they were they were definitely more and you can tell from this first music video we're going to talk about is that they had a very different vibe to the bts you see now Mm. although i think their messages are are very similar Mm. and as far as their age when they when they debuted jing was 20? He was 20. Korean age 20. Korean age 20. So Kim Sok Jin, full name. Jin, stage name general name everyone seems to call him Jin mm. uh, it may get confusing for some listeners if you're not already a BTS fan what are you doing <laughs> you get on that but, but if you're interested there are the, the members do have stage names they do have their full names and then they have nicknames as well so it can get a little confusing the next member Yoongi Min Yoongi or his stage name Sugar he also goes I guess D D but uh, not not during his BTS time I guess yes that's his solo stuff solo okay. stuff is Augusty and then there's Jung Ho Suk J-Hope mm-hmm. I call him Hobie mm-hmm. I think the members tend to call him Hobie there's Kim Nam Joon or Art Rap Monster was his stage name when they debuted he does not go by Rap Monster anymore yeah. Rap Monster is, is a no it's RM mm-hmm. Nam Joon or Junie I quite like Junie Junie's very cute <laughs> Park Jimin Park Jimin Jimin Jiminy Jimin Jimin Shu yeah. <laughs> you know take your pick uh, Kim Tae Young or V is his stage name. I don't think I've called him V for years. No, okay. I, I he's he's Tay. he's Tay to me. Yeah, but you call him what you want to call him. He uses V as a joke a lot, especially when they're on the V Live app. He always yeah. says it's my live app. <laughs> <laughs> and John Jungkook, uh, stage name Jungkook, normal JK. name Jungkook. Yeah, JK. 
Golden um, Magne. Golden Magne. That's all seven members. And just to highlight that at time of debut, Jimin, Young, Jungkook, all minors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were children. Jungkook especially was a child. Super Very baby. small. Definitely still in primary school. No, high school? Primary school? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about the Korean school the, system. Yeah, he, was, he graduated from basically middle school just when they were trainees. So he entered high school just before they debuted so that puts him at like very young very young so initially they were a hip-hop crew focused on rappers which is obvious and it's obvious in their first sort of few music videos and then they start to change a little Mm -hmm. the first album was called too cool too cool for school with the uh, appropriate spelling. Oh With God. the appropriate spelling. This is fabulous. It's like making me think of like a 90s kind yeah. of like, like rap band. Well, this is this is why it's so surprising it took me this long to find them. Because I'm boy band trash. Me too. But I'm boy band trash from the 90s. Backstreet Boys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Five. And yeah. Five were my OG. Yeah, really? Five. Because they were really, they were, they were very bad as well. You know, dark. And they were bad. Five the were bad, bad boys of the boy band. They were the bad. <laughs> The bad boys of the boy bands, it's true. But I never got into One Direction. Ah, no. yes. See, I am I'm See, One Direction were popular during 2013 too. They weren't? They were. They, they were. were. Yeah. They, de- they were touring. <laughs> so they debuted. They were on um, the reality show in 2011 is when they were formed. So yeah. they were actually at the height of their fame in 2013. Yeah. Wow. Because they were at the Olympic performance in 2012. That's where they began to oh not take gosh. off because they took off before that, but that was when they reached international acclaim. See, me, for me, One Direction were two... Uh, Clean cut? Baby boy clean cut. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah. five were my, my thing. almost. Very produced. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, a lot of K-pop can come across that way sometimes. But yeah, and they, they didn't dance. Mm. Dance. That there was, was no dancing. It was a big thing for them, actually. We're, during the reality show, they're like, all right, we can be a boy band, but we're not going to dance because one of them was very adamant yeah. that he was, I think he knew that he was not very good. And so he was uh, worried that he would get kicked out of the group. And so they're like, oh, that's going to be our thing is not dancing. Which <laughs> I'm like, that's one of the big things that you love about boy bands that is, is the yeah, synchronized dancing. It's the hardest thing ever. I'm there for the dancing I was, I was a big One Direction fan I was a big fan of all of the above that you mentioned so mm-hmm. I was I'm a bit older so I was into Backstreet Boys and NSYNC when they were around you know Westlife and O-Town and the whole the whole lot yeah I went I got into uh, Westlife a little bit yeah definitely I and saw them when they came here yeah, not so much <laughs> 98 degrees do you remember them I do remember them I wasn't a huge 98 degrees fan but uh yeah I no. definitely had a 98 degrees album yeah um <laughs> The first album I bought with my own money was a Backstreet Boys album. Yeah, I reckon. Black and Blue, if anyone's interested. I reckon Backstreet Boys would definitely be my first purchase. Yep. Absolutely. Spice Girls. Spice Girls. <laughs> good choice. I did love the Spice yeah, Girls Me well. too. I still love the Spice Girls. Come on. Very good. <laughs> so before we start talking about the music video, I just want to, so there's a couple, you know, the non-armies here, Kate and Victoria. How did you feel? Like what were your <laughs> initial reactions to watching this video? So we have to, we have to put our minds back into mm-hmm. June 20th. 2013 like because it does not look as cool or as fashionable or you know the aesthetic is very different yes. to what it would look like now well I mean it was kind of capturing that grunge punk vibe it yeah. felt yeah. very much the grunge yeah. punk and I almost feel like looking back when I looked at the hottest 100 now to connect the music of the time there was this kind of disassociation with popular society this kind of idea is like you know see a chandelier was about this party girl vibe that they're just like it's not sustainable people are sad and we're not focusing on this stuff so like the whole music when I read the lyrics and made so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I read the lyrics and I'm like, well, it's kind of, you know, they're kind of more on a worldview. It's like, you know, all these people, like, they're just going along with what society is telling them to do. And they're just like, no, break away from that. Mm. Do what you want to do. So it's kind of like, it felt like that grunge punk kind of edgy vibe. It was really, really good to watch. And I was like, I didn't really get that. Because obviously, when you're watching, it's like, oh my God, the hairstyles, the <laughs> like the layers upon layers of shirts. And yeah. it's like fabulous. But the layering. Like, yeah. yeah. But it's like like, when you go back and you realize what was going on in your life and the world at the time, you're like, actually, no, they were pretty on par with what was happening. Yeah, I think so. How did how did you feel about it, Victoria, when you watched it? Well, yeah, um, I was actually surprised by how good it was. Not to, oh, say, not to say, not to say, like, you look back at your own teenage stuff and what you were doing when well, you were yeah. a teenager, my God. But yeah. also, like, a lot of, like, uh, also in 2013, I was really into J-rock, Japanese rock, and uh, that was, that's my own rabbit hole, um, <laughs> which I have slowly come out of, but still I have, you know, that Well, J-rock that and K-pop, there's certainly, yeah. they complement each other. Absolutely. 
so sort of seeing this like a lot of like uh, J-rock bands start as visual K bands which is this very like over the top stuff sort of sort of like this the styling of this video like the layering and the color well not that there's much colors in this but sort of the, the, the black and white grungy like kind of like mm, over the top urban yeah, yeah like and also like uh, visual K more combines like feminine style as well okay yeah um, <laughs> lots of different hair color and makeup and things like that usually that kind of period of like J-rock bands they're not bad music but it's definitely a lot like not simple but it's not what they become like you, you can see what the potential there but it's not as refined as they go so I, I was just surprised by this song being just really really good yeah. <laughs> like, so it wasn't good. awkward yeah. it wasn't you know they were very like confident in what they were doing and I, I understand they, they talk about like a lot of issues like mental health as they go but I was just really surprised by how like confident and strong this song was so I was very like oh wow like I really like this like yeah. I could I could listen to this now and be, feel like a 2021 song you know oh, what I mean I love it so the music video begins with BTS and Jin driving recklessly parking a bus. They just <laughs> knocking boxes knocking over, boxes. pulling up. They're dressed very hip hop alternative. They're young punks. They're looking for a good time. There's skaters in the background, bike riders, multiple different urban backgrounds. And No More, Gr- no More Dream is sort of talking about breaking away from society's restrictions. It's encouraging like I could see Korean parents being a little bit mm. concerned Ooh. about yeah. this maybe uh, you know not necessarily just Korean but especially Western... the lyric where it's saying why are you even at school if you're not going to yes. do something with that yeah. like, that's and not school, your passion school is it. a very yeah. important thing obviously and it's, it's there's encouraging sort of a rebellion in the Absolutely. youth of that era yeah. They're highlighting that your dreams are your own. It's not what society expects or demands. It's more important that you don't have, that you either, you do what you love and you don't have to have some big dream. Mm, You don't have to have a big dream, a big job you need. You don't need to be a doctor, lawyer, like what makes you happy and it's going to be okay do what makes you happy bts are resisting the imposition of other people's dreams on them Mm. do what you love is the key message and i think it's something as we go through and talk about other videos they've done they are sort of constantly challenging existing societal norms and expectations and it it is a core theme in their music definitely well especially at the start with that that rebellious nature it's all this is what is expected of me by society and i think especially with the later music is this is what I expect of myself yes mm. and I think that they go on they go, they, go yeah. they definitely get more into the self oh I'm gonna get so emotional in some of these episodes I'm so sure <laughs> um, and I think they were quite different to the boy bands of the time or yeah. the oh, yeah. you know and that K-pop idol that typical very pretty yeah. well spoken well mannered they were a little bit gritty rough well, around the edges much more, um, much more genuine especially with their, the online content that they were releasing the video logs even before their debut. They were just authentic. They're like, I'm really tired today. I've got a cold today. Whereas K-pop was very, um, it was all about the presentation to, yeah. and that's true of like even boy bands today, not even just in K-pop. Yeah. It's like the presentation to be the perfect thing to aspire to. Like this is someone we've put on a pedestal. Whereas I think definitely BTS, they were like, no, we're just having a great time and please let us you know, show you what we've got. I think that was. And there was a lot of talk about their looks when they first yeah. debuted that they didn't fit ideal beauty standards of the time yeah. Um, really that, yeah. Wow. yeah some of them in particular were, were targeted in that way like oh, so. you know online full oh, online so beautiful they, they are gorgeous <laughs> they are absolutely gorgeous inside and out yeah but they wow. were several of them were targeted for their looks and that they were not attractive conventionally attractive conventionally attractive you're right because um, they are gorgeous that Namjoon was ugly yeah oh. that J-Hope looked like a yeah. Oh my god. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. So yeah, they were a little bit they were sort of a fringe K-pop group, I mm. feel. And they came from a company, a very small company. They were the only group to come from that company. Oh. They now own the entire world. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> humble beginnings. They came from mm. very humble beginnings. So the first album was recorded in a garage. Yeah. There are it photos. It kind of has that vibe though, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. like it's like garage. It's, it's garage. garage. Yeah. Um well, K-pop groups then it was they say they call them the big three. Like yeah. you were a K-pop idol, you came from one of these three companies, right. and they were not from that company, so they were very much outliers, and no one really took them seriously for a long time. And they didn't have the money and the investment behind them to mm. have huge 
stages and marketing and you know fashion budgets all that sort of thing mm. they were wearing rip-off designer stuff mm-hmm. and if you watch some of the earlier videos they, they they wear the same shirt quite a lot of them yeah. you can see them sharing the clothes Aww. you're like oh that's beautiful so sweet <laughs> that gives their lyrics a lot more meaning mm. knowing yes. that as well yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, definitely let's talk about the the aesthetic yeah. and the vibe of this okay. video it's obviously urban hip-hop <laughs> But we we have to talk about and point out that the eyeliner, uh, the eyeliner, <laughs> the eyeliner is forever. Oh my god! Yeah, every time I go back and look at their early videos, I'm like, oh yes, the eyeliner, eyeliner. <laughs> top and bottom, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and the bandana print, yes. they're, and they're dressed like septuplets. They so do like they all have they each have an stuff. element of the bandana print, so <laughs> that they tied together. Which yeah. you know, and matching costumes are very common in K-pop. Yeah, yeah. but and boy bands in general. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not something you see on BTS these days, really. No, like no. complementary outfits yes. and colors, yes. But this, like this matching, this septuplets, gorgeous. The gold chains, yeah. yes. The big heavy. This is like. See this chain? Um, I just want to make a special mention of RM's yes. like, glasses. I've got yeah. those. The glasses. June Star Trek Geordie glasses. Oh my God. <laughs> That was so wow, good. and his yeah. hair, which I think what has was been, happening with it? Has it been? I don't. So he had it in dreadlocks before they yes. debuted, and he cut them. I think it was like three, two to three weeks beforehand, yes. and he had, um, he had, he still had the perm, mm, right? And he had the perm for quite some time. Before. Yes, it's great. It looks it's so oh good. my gosh! <laughs> and every time I see it, I'm just it, like, it looks like if you put your hands in it, you would never get them yeah. back. Yeah, like yeah. it would, it would swallow. <laughs> like the denseness of that no. hair. I'm pretty sure for the debut, he had. Um, uh, it shaved into the side of his head. He had RM shaved into the side of his head, but that disappeared very quickly. Yeah. Oh, so oh, and so the cute. big, chunky basketball sneakers. Yes. High top basketball sneakers, which yeah. I did wear, but when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's Tori predicting K pop fashion, but. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No. Well, they do a song about that later on the Converse High. They do. Yeah. And um, Yungi's bandana tied at yeah. the front yeah. in like a little bow. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. I mean, I know we were going for the hard wrap. Vibe, but yeah. it's cute it's adorable it went, it went real cute real quick <laughs> trying not to patronize them but it's so cute it is cute it's yeah. very cute but at the same time it's like the i think what gives them the hard rapper vibe is the cinematography yeah yes. so you've got that lighting you got the black and white images it's very stuck graffiti yeah and... and then like every time there's like a, like a beat drop kind of thing the camera shakes yes it's like you have that kind of vibe and you yeah. have that like emphasis on like the music it's an intense viewing mm. yeah well the intensity can... of their expressions and their acting especially when you when you start becoming an army from the later periods where they're all not like happy and fluffy and sunshine rainbows but they have a much lighter vibe because they are happier with themselves and you go back to this time period where they're so intense and they're so desperate to like you know be liked and to be good and to do well that you can you can really comes off in the performance i think there's definitely a desperation there yeah really to succeed yeah that just earnestness just bleeds through yeah and i think the respect for them comes yeah. from that as well like they were not going to be handed anything they were going to no. work hard to get it i think that sincerity just isn't everything that they've always done yes i agree how about the lyrics so now like obviously most of it is in korean so once i'd sent you translated lyrics yeah. Yeah. You get a bit more of a vibe for what they're saying, obviously. Thoughts on the lyrics? Well, yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's like it just, they channeled it so well mm. into this idea of questioning why do you, why does society want us to have these things? Like, why are they wanting us to have, like, you, you have to have the car, you have to have the house, mm. you have to have, like, the, you know, 2.5 kids and picket fence kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of like this whole idea, and it's like, will that make you happy? What is your dream? I think, like, the cor- chorus line over and over again is like, what is your dream? What is your dream? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like over and over. It's like questioning and it's like really pushing the point because I mean that is a very effective chorus line because it's just I mean RM's voice it's just like he delivers it such very powerful very powerful and it's almost it's not aggressive but it's almost as if he's like challenging the yeah. listener he's yeah. constantly challenging because he's forcing you to hear that over and over again but yeah I got that vibe a lot like you know coasting on other people's expectations is an easy thing to do yeah it's understandable everyone's like well this is what you should be doing there's a line at least in the English translation where it's like you know you don't want to study but you're scared to quit school 
like that's very relatable yeah um, <laughs> yeah that was definitely me doing design but yeah it was very it was very much like you you get the kind of rm is very like a kind of an authoritative figure in this yes. like you, it's very clear he's the leader he's the leader exactly yeah. and like yeah he's definitely challenge, challenging the um, listener as well kind of asking you like to actually examine yourself and be like well is this what you want because it doesn't seem like what you want yeah, yeah. and if it isn't what are you going to do about it exactly yeah, that's the big one yeah. yes exactly you're like, you're like yeah okay yeah <laughs> what am I going to do about yeah. it Andrew what do you want me to do yeah. <laughs> I want you to dance <laughs> Dance, they do. They do. And I think every single song we're going to talk about as we go on is look, there's always, there's some sort of challenging societal norms some sort of self-reflection you know mental health is always a topic especially later on as well as just like be like let yourself be happy yeah with what you've got like that you know and we'll we'll get into that when we get to love yourself that's a whole era (laughs) of like learning to love yourself happy sighs in the background (laughs) (laughs) i think an important i um as we're preparing this preparing this podcast i sent a a quite a detailed a homework (laughs) sheet episode guys I've done my homework I you, have, you guys have done great homework and one of, some of it was links to performances the debut performance the, obviously the mu- music video I also sent you the most recent performance which is from their online concert when they were doing a medley mm. of old songs and they're, they're dressed in like shirts and, and slacks in that one so it's very out of <laughs> yeah. place mm. and then a really iconic performance was at the 2018 SBS K-pop awards and I don't think we'd seen it live for a little while at that point. And the opening line is Yungi saying, I want a big house, big car, big dreams. Mm-hmm. And he, he drops off the I wanna. Oh. So in that performance, he goes, I think he just goes, okay, or hey, at the start. And then he just goes, big house, big car, big dreams. Oh. Because they got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got him. And it was such a like oof moment for mm. fans because yeah. it was like you you don't want it anymore you got it yeah. it's true it was a really important performance another thing we don't get to see very often it's only on a few tracks early on tracks is rapper jk mm. yeah jungkook he was just so good doing his little little so baby matinee doing baby. his best i mean i I've, I've only seen them like in their more recent videos so when yes. i did watch this one i had no idea who was what because they all look like babies and so <laughs> it took me so long to realize so that was john cook yeah. and i was just like oh wow i've never heard him rap before and he, mm-hmm. he's so good he was yeah. so fast kid can rap yeah the other they've got enough rappers though they didn't they didn't and his strength like he's an amazing singer yeah but like if they drop a rapid rapid jk track mm. the fan the fans are gonna go wild yeah as of the recording of this podcast, JK has not dropped his own mixtape <laughs> that we have been waiting for for many we years. We're putting now, it out in the world. One day, a dream. Well, the rumor <laughs> is the Kim Tae Young mixtape is closer. Well, yeah, he was to say he was going to drop that last year, is what he said. And then because some of those actually got repurposed for the B album, he's yeah. like, well, now it's not ready anymore. <laughs> and everyone's like, tracks. We, we were so close. <laughs> so, yeah, both both of the, the Night Nays waiting for so this. We haven't had solos from the. From the vocal, vocal line, line. yeah, just individual rap songs. line yeah. have done great. All um, rap line tapes. Yep, some of my favourite mixtapes. So but good. just so waiting good. on that. I mean, for me as a John Cook buyer, so I'm waiting <laughs> on that JK mixtape. Like, it's gonna, you know, it's going to be so good when it, he's such a perfectionist. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. There's also going to be great collabs on there. Oh, there I is. know it. Yeah, there is. I know it. Anyway, we need to come <laughs> way ahead of ourselves. Back to the past. Back it to could the past. be two years time. Yeah. Let's move on to the dance. Yeah. The, the important part, yeah. very important. I also sent you guys links to that dance break. Oh, yeah, the dance oh break, which is back from like twenty seventeen, sixteen, sixteen. Okay, they're all over eighteen then. My main comment after watching it is, like, I'm disappointed. I'm not in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly I just, you yeah. wanted to be there it's the energy of that performance felt so electric incredible so performance and like J-Hope Hobie being center mm. with his oh. tongue hanging out of his mouth at points he was just so cheeky in that dance ridiculous <laughs> I mean the ba- the man was born to mm. dance he is their lead their oh, lead dancer I actually have a question about that performance of course because at the very end RM says this is dedicated to all the some youngsters youth. without yeah. dreams without dreams he doesn't say that at the end of that performance he just goes yeah oh and it just doesn't say it oh and i was like they do it they gather around and he just doesn't say it i'm like but why <laughs> maybe what's the meaning yeah. <laughs> what does it what does it mean yeah and that's the thing that's the thing as an army you question everything <laughs> that's true. because there is a meaning within everything <laughs> it's true uh videos you can find things in the background which signify something from four years like it's ridiculous and it won't have meaning until seven years down the track and then you're like oh my god that's, that's what, what that paperclip meant <laughs> honestly the vts expanded universe stuff the whole story the book the notes the that's, time travel the <laughs> yeah that's a podcast for another day honestly yeah. we cannot get into it it's too much it is a lot but back to the dance mm. yeah very powerful dance moves yes. very like hip-hop vibe again yeah. there is a particular move which involves jimin lifting his shirt which yes. he takes great great joy in i think yes, he oh, does yeah, you can there's, certainly there's see the pure joy yeah pure joy mm. i mean face. the man loves to be center of attention <laughs> There's a fantastic moment later on. I think it's in one of the memory DVDs. Uh, It might even be the Wings commentary DVD. Um, And you see Hobie beneath the stage and you hear this huge roar from the crowd. He's like, oh, Jimin must be showing extra skin today. (laughs) And it cuts straight to the stage. And sure enough, Jimin is showing a little extra skin that day. And it's an amazing moment. One of my favorite memes is Namjoon looking directly at the camera at one of their... I think it was before the fake love, uh, before the Love Yourself Answer um, album came out and it's just a live show they were doing and he's looking at the camera and he says something along the lines of, thank you, Jimin, for that information nobody asked for. <laughs> well, Nanjin's also the one that said, Jimin only puts clothes on so that he can take them off. <laughs> yeah. And Jimin's like, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Jimin's not a Gemini, but he radiates Gemini energy. Like, I feel like we are one and the same. <laughs> I do care keep my clothes on most of the time though don't worry um so the abs move i gave you some very important yes. research yeah, one of important. which was a youtube video where the, <laughs> the creator had just put all the ab reveals yeah. together in one most video. important content yeah. on the internet yeah. it's very important how Speak old was he <laughs> how old was he Look, like, the, so he like, was a minor when yeah. the video oh came out most of the performances i sent you he is over 18 yeah. so it's but but how, still I he mean, was like, a minor there's a minor and he had abs like what yeah. no the, the, he was ripped oh, but was. you know the saddest thing about the Jim and abs move what? he no longer does it it's true he stopped doing it he oh, did no I mean he still lifts his shirt up on stage for things so it's not like the abs are gone they're yeah. there <laughs> we know they're still there yeah. he he actively chooses to hide them wow. I think he does it because the expectation is there and he yeah. knows that everyone's attention what is on him and he's tricky. like you think I'm going to do this thing yeah, I'm not, not. Yet, yeah. and I, I know often he's just the, waiting he's just he's, waiting he's going to come out shirtless he's very good like everyone's going to melt or something. I can't, Absolutely. I can't deal. There is a performance where Jimin rips his shirt open. Oh my God, that's so iconic. <laughs> I'll say he gets frustrated with his hoodie. And so when he finally gets the hoodie off, he's just like, and the shirt and just rips it off. And he just like, that happens? It's hanging around his stomach. Oh, it's amazing. oh my God. It's, it's, it's a bit full on. <laughs> there is a, there is a clip in that, like in that video with all the ads. The ad compilation. The ad yeah, compilation. The ads, exactly. Where, um, it might've been right towards the end. They're like, they have, uh, like button shirts and like a suit jacket. <laughs> and he just like kind of lifts it a little bit. Just and I'm like, that's, bit. that's a tease. Like, he's so disappointed <laughs> if you're like in the crowd. You're like, come on, mate. Like, the crowd's still going nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll do your buttons. Just yeah. normal. I've yeah. never been so desperate to see the skin of a man since came <laughs> off. Like, honestly. <laughs> I saw a meme about that once. It was like, oh, you know, how sexualized music is in Western culture and mm. you get so, uh, not, like, used you to used it. used to seeing it. And then you get into K-pop and you see someone's ankle Whoa. and you faint. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, Jungkook's collarbones are showing You're in like, that t-shirt. You're like, my God, it's so scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really, they, they keep you keep you waiting, keep they, you thirsty. They keep you wanting more, absolutely. <laughs> but then they do that classic move it's like what is it Jay, Jay, um, Jungkook Jungkook lifts Jimin and he runs across the back to oh, the yes. and they do that like they continuously do it like I mean even like that really long dance break they had everyone standing there they still do the full they still run. do the full and run. of course it is Jungkook and of 
course he's lifting Jimin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Black Swan. Yes. The lift of the I century. I went straight there. Um, <laughs> Non-army do not understand. <laughs> we'll send you a link. There's okay. a live performance of Black Swan at last year's award show season where, because Black Swan is based on, it's got classical music in it okay. and they do a lot of uh, ballet, contemporary ballet moves okay. in the dance. So J-Hope would have been loving it then. Yeah. Well, well no, Jimin, Jimin's a contemporary dancer. Yeah. Really? That's what, J-Hope was a street dancer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, J-Hope's the hip-hop. I thought he did more contemporary. Like, no, favorite. he came from a street background. He, he calls it something. He was a really successful it wasn't called, like, He calls it something not street, but he says it's a type of street dancing. He had a specific name for it in the V-Live that I was he? watching. I can't remember. He's incredible. He is. As far as like moving individual parts of his, like just, yeah. you know, that popping and stuff yeah. and the fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jimin is a contemporary dancer oh. and you can see he's done. Classically trained as well. Classically. Yeah. <laughs> you can see some amazing performances. So that's why he had abs as a minor. <laughs> so kids what you learn from this is be classically trained you'll have the bod yeah. um, and then in the performance performance yes they did so they did a little because often with an award show performance they do something special a different version of the dance different stages all sorts of things and they did just a, a dance between Jimin and Jungkook and there's a lift and everything in there's it. a ballet oh, lift it's a ballet lift in slow motion and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your whole ever. life um straight after recording we'll play it for okay. you thank you very much i could watch it a thousand times and still be happy the other <laughs> iconic dance move that always sticks in my mind when i think of no more dream is the gunshot noise mm. with tay and he has he puts on the nerdy glasses <laughs> and he does a nerdy little smile and then the gunshot happens and he yeets the glasses to the side and often sticks his tongue out looks Super very bad yeah. <laughs> bad in a good way yeah yeah really goes seductive I've, and I think I sent you a compilation of yes. those <laughs> you did have a compilation of that one too appreciated yeah mm. you're welcome so <laughs> just very important things He's so good on that timing. Every time I watch it, he's just, the way that he just jerks his head to the side and those glasses go flying. You're like, oh my God, something really hit him. He's just so good Whiplash. Yeah. He's got to have whiplash. It's intense. Maybe that's why they don't do the dance anymore because he just had a bad (laughs) neck. He's so good at it. Jim is not showing his ass. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) he has a bad neck. Yeah. The other thing I sent you was a link to the Japanese version. So yeah, often in K-pop, because so um, the Japanese market is so big for them, they do separate tours for the Japan market, separate albums for Japan, and separate singles, as well as they'll re-record Korean songs in Japanese. Yep. And separate music videos. Yeah, and separate music videos. So Japan like gets it all. So the Japanese music video I sent you was filmed, well, released almost 12 months after the original mm. No More Dream. What are your thoughts on that 12 months difference they're obviously a little bit more grown up <laughs> tay has orange hair mm. orange Aaron tay has blonde hair Sil- silver Aaron, silver, even. Right. it's really like white silver what did you guys think of there and it's in a set in a school it's the yeah. real school setting yeah. um school uniform look i mean it's a very different vibe one mm. it looks more polished yes yeah. yeah two i think i mean the other the the og version is just like it's you see them as a group you always see them as a group mm. but in this one it has like flashes to moments of individual yeah. Yes. and you kind of get a really good that classic bass close up if someone's singing a part so it just felt like I don't know it just felt completely different but the same yeah. it just was very interesting to compare the two absolutely more polished that's for sure mm. yeah I really I really liked like I really like both of them but the, yeah the Japanese one um, gives a little bit more screen time to them individually like there's, there's one little scene where V's on a skateboard I was like that's yes. so cute <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's so right. and then you know they, they really play out the kind of like like breaking out of this like school environment like yeah. they, one scene is them hiding in a window and then someone goes past the window the band is under the window and someone's passing by on the so they're side. like they're hiding from yeah the they're hiding, they're hiding. Sort of exactly kind of thing. yeah and um i mean the whole school thing is very japanese but that's in a lot of j-rock as well that kind of setting and I'm, I'm sure with Korean as well but anyway but yeah I really I really like both I, the, the style is much more toned down like of the, the fashion which I find really interesting because like the grunge style would have fit just as well in the yeah. Japanese version it is a little less grunge it yeah. is a little bit more it's that like schoolboy crappy, school. crappy. Yeah. but still it's like it's still, a grunge still, vibe it's still just not edge. as yeah. heavy as the Korean version yeah. it's still very monochrome especially compared yes, to yes. other yeah. idol groups and, and when they come later I think especially in their start because idol groups were seen as these brightly coloured flashy things they yeah. wanted to be like monochrome gritty dark 
urban and then later on they're like they started to embrace that a bit more being like you know what we can do whatever we want but um especially with both of the music videos there's not much color except the no. tay's hair and the japanese one yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I i have to admit i do love the ending of this is it's like you know when they it's like a sprinkler startup or something or oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they all get wet yeah they all right. get wet and they run outside <laughs> and it's just it's not like that perfect like finish where like you know they're you know flicking the yeah. rain drops <laughs> off or something it's not like that classic perfect finish it's just like they're just like hanging out like oh god i got wet and then yeah. Like, like moving each other and like yeah, and it's, it's just like you just kind of it's kind of cute because you just yeah. see how much how like how great they are as a group and yeah. it's just like it's just so neutral it's not it's not staged it's just so authentic that's just a little ending part and what are your thoughts on the other performances I sent you like the debut performance the first live performance yeah where you know they're they look very sweaty as well yeah. <laughs> so they've either recorded multiple times yeah. or had to or, an, or just nerve as well that I don't know they're very yeah they might be I mean it's a pretty mm. nervous thing do you think mm. they might have sprayed them down beforehand to make them <laughs> <laughs> a bit sweaty it's hard as an army when you go back and watch the early stuff in particular because you have so much weight of all the other media and content that you've absorbed like you watch like the bang tong bombs where it's like you know behind the scenes filming and you watch the V lives where the boys you know go online and talk live to the audience and they talk about anticipating this and you watch their video logs where they're like you know talk about what happened and, and so you have all of this context for a single performance and going back and watching the performance itself you're like well I know that so and so you know was worried about this on that day I know so and so wasn't feeling well on that day and I know you know so and so's like shirt ripped there but they're trying to hide it and so it's Aww. it's so watching it again you're just yeah. like it's hard to sort of keep it isolated as a single viewing yes. experience yeah. so I'm so interested by you guys well, I mean I felt it. with that because I had watched the original version I'd watched the Japanese version and then I watched this debut mm. once again it just took me straight back to the original Korean version because it was so close they had the same outfits and yeah. everything yes. they did which right. is a very common thing so yeah. your first debut your yes. like of a new track you wear the same yeah. quite often you wear the same outfits as the music video and like they did the same dances which was amazing yeah. to see live as yeah. well but the one thing I felt in this version is Jimin's vocals at the end like his like when he does that gorgeous high notes at mm. the end like you know when they're just finishing off the song is so much clearer like they yes. they feel a little bit muted in the actual recording yeah. his live version of it he was just like belting out mm. and you could hear like he was just like kind of making a big statement at the end of that and they're actually singing live yeah. so yeah. quite often on those music shows especially with a debut group they might be singing to a track yeah. so but they are very raw in this yeah. debut mm. performance which really is a credit to their competence and skill to get out there and perform your first track live yeah huge that'd be terrifying absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us are made for the boy band live <laughs> or the girl band I mean if you want to form one but I think considering I can hardly move with my back injury at the moment it's going to be interesting we can be like Yungi just you know couch in the corner and be like yeah. you go you've got it I believe in you so having a debut at something like that from one of the other bigger companies would they be singing to a track rather than singing uh, I don't think it's necessarily based on where they come from mm. but it's it sometimes just can be very obvious with music shows that it's a pre-recorded yeah. uh, vocal so it might be live vocals still but they're yeah. pre-recorded and then they're performing to it oh, because okay of the breathing sounds yeah, and things yeah. like that that maybe they don't want to come through on the TV and sure. then other times it might just be a full yeah. not lip syncing I guess yeah yeah, it sort of differs there's yeah. not really okay. a um, regular sort of rule about it so they weren't doing things differently no not necessarily no yeah. BTS are known to pretty much always sing live mm-hmm. there's a few like cover performances where they're singing to a track yeah that I know of but look mm. award shows always live yeah. even with incredible technical issues because award shows sometimes mm-hmm. have the worst the worst sound if you're not, if you're watching on your yeah. laptop or TV Definitely. I'm not sure what it sounds like when you're there sometimes the award end of year award shows are just horrific yeah. you can only hear like two people because everyone oh, no. just dropped out and stuff and you're just yeah. like oh, oh it's so yeah that can be really frustrating and I think particularly the 2018 award season 2018-2019 so it's 
the end of the year. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of bad technical issues with award performances and like Twitter would just blow up. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a time when anti-fans, which are a thing, mm-hmm. you know, they have BTS antis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so armies and antis. Well, <laughs> just anti-fans in general, you okay. know, people who want to tear them down, say oh awful gosh. things about them. They're and trolls. if there's some sort of like technological issue, that's a chance for our aunties to be like, they can't sing. Yeah. It's honestly, it's oh the worst. God, it's so I mean, aunties of anything. Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. you don't like something, just don't like it by, by yourself. Yeah. Like, you don't need to like it on a pub, you know, dislike it on a public scale. Yeah. Anyway, aunties suck. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Aunties of anything suck. People who would just spend their knives being negative yeah. about something, like, how can that, that can't possibly make you happy. Yeah. And especially when, like, can you get up and sing in front of that many people yeah. live on TV? But just like let people enjoy things. Like it's okay if someone likes something that you don't like. You don't then have to, you know, be rude to that. Exactly what this song is about. Do what makes you happy. Yes, that should not make you happy. Yes, (laughs) part of being a fan of BTS or being a K-pop fan in general comes with a lot of that crap. So you know, most of my friends, not outside of you guys, because you are pop culture nerdy people. I am a nerdy person. I have a lot. You know, we all we met at a book club, guys. <laughs> I'm an ex Not only that, a sci-fi fan. <laughs> a feminist sci-fi <laughs> fantasy book club. Like yeah. we are niche. <laughs> you know, anybody who's within some sort of nerdy fandom gets it. Totally gets it. And that's fine. It's the the regular or the locals is, is as they're called in K-pop. It's the locals, the regulars who, you know, they like Game of Thrones on TV and that's as nerdy as they get or something yeah. like that, you know. The the stuff I have heard and had to deal with from people who I would call my friends yeah. just saying really ignorant things about BTS and about K-pop. The regular line is they all look the same or they look like that's... girls, which is just Ugh. is racist. Yeah. First and foremost. Disgusting. But it's super ignorant and it's something. Have you had to tackle any of that, Lainey, as an army? Uh, we, even before K pop, it was um, aren't you old to like boy bands oh. or you know, you know, they're all manufactured, you know, they're not real singers anyway, you know, all that all that terrible well, and it's they're mean, people who have never heard any of the music. Yeah. It's people who make assumptions based on what they have heard through Murdoch papers, basically. Yeah. Ma- Murdoch papers, mainstream media and Australia. Australia is very conservative. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's, I think it's also anything that, I'm going to generalize probably a bit too much here, but anything that women uh, and particularly little girls like is automatically terrible. Yeah. Um, And so there was a big blow up in in Germany. There was a a DJ that said some awful things about BTS doing a cover of a popular Mm. song. And it was not only ignorant, um, it was just, it, it kind of highlighted everything that was wrong with that sort of mentality. It's like, you know, mainstream people think this and therefore what you are is, is as, as a niche as someone who likes this is wrong mm. and it's kind of like shifting it on its head it was like well no people have done covers before why does this bother you so much why does this particular group bother you so much and if you look break it down it's because it's racist yeah. it's because you don't like someone from an asian country you know doing a cover of a band that you like like if someone else had done that cover and he's like oh it's because i'm a shock dj and i just say these things and that's just my opinion it was like Boom. well no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to be held accountable for that, that kind of stuff. It's just... Uh, but I mean, the musicals in general, like the the latest musical, Fangirls. Mm, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's brilliant oh, it's because so it's basically, good. you know, it, she, it's written by an Australian woman. Yep. And she was just frustrated about how, you know, generalizing women and girls... If they love anything like a singer or a musician mm. or anything like that, they're degraded for it. Yeah. Belittled. Anything yeah. that women are, women and girls are passionate about is always belittled. Mm. Like makeup, just such an, an easy one. Oh, you like makeup? Makeup, like makeup artists are artists, people. Yeah, like some amazing. of the stuff they do. I will always watch a YouTube video of a makeup artist doing yeah, stuff because it's skill. absolutely brilliant. But because it's it's a mainly female-dominated passion, part time, whatever you want to call it, it gets belittled. And you can make a direct comparison with sports. It's like sports is, you know, seen as male dominated and fans of a sport will act completely, you know, nonsensically, you know, paint themselves in the colours, you know, wear all the colours of the team, go out, act like complete lunatics. Screaming. Like a, That's fine. Or in Vancouver when the Canucks didn't win the hockey, like, yeah. yep. thing, they actually raided the damn city centre. Yeah, and that's boys being boys, but, you know, if a girl gets overly emotional 
emotional at a concert, suddenly they're hysterical. Suddenly they're hysterical. seen as weak. Hysterical yeah. gets used a lot. Big Every time. media yeah. outlet ever always uses a fan's hysterical about, you know, local whatever. Um, and the and- easiest comparison is the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles, when they were popular, were pop. They were a boy band. They were mm. popular with mm-hmm. women f- first and foremost. They were cute boys on stage with guitars. Yeah. Their music was boppy and everybody talked them down or sort of they were they were not skilled musicians they weren't high quality music because you know they're a boy band who girls love decades later mm. guess he yes. likes them the most quote men unquote. love the Beatles yes <laughs> I mean are we gonna see BTS in 30 years like we already say that if you, see, if you jump on YouTube so many reaction videos are all these men being like oh yeah I you know like them all along I think they're great and it's, it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious the tone shift that has happened even in recent months yeah the, I mean the, these men are extremely skilled dancers musicians creatives singers songwriters producers yeah I mean like Yoongi Namjoon Hobie have credits on huge songs mm. as producers gosh anyway BTS are great <laughs> we're getting a little off topic <laughs> no more dream uh, feminist rant insert so finally let's pick who's your who's your MVP we're not going to say bias like you could have your no more dream bias mm. but I am bias I'm Jungkook bias Lainey is Jin bias non-army friends potentially going to be army one day <laughs> Kate and Victoria uh, don't have chosen biases but the rule for uh, myself and Lainey is that we cannot just choose our biases as, every time <laughs> as the MVPs for music videos of course there's going to be times when they are the MVP in our eyes mm-hmm. but Let's choose our, our, our bias for this particular video. Who stands out? Who owns that video? Who looks the... Not looks the best necessarily, but, you know, has the best presence. Mm. Who's the most important? You know, who's who's grabbing your attention? Kate, we'll start with you. Man, I hate choosing. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to say they're all good. They are, but, I mean, disclaimer, they yeah. are all good. Yeah, it's like they bring so much to this video. But if I had to choose, I have to choose two. <laughs> Because I couldn't narrow it down. I tried. I watched that video so many times (laughs) trying to narrow it down. And I'm like, it's not happening. So one RM, because he brings that chorus line back in. He really challenges the rhythm. He commands. His presence is commanding. So commanding. Not in the music video itself, but in the actual song. If you listen to it without watching it, Mm. he is commanding. So yes, yes, amazing. But also Yungi, just like that opening, like that that opening rap when he just Mm. kind of brings you out. It kind of brings just like this kind of petulant kind of like punk vibe to it which added so much more to like the, the first viewing Yugi and he has attitude it's amazing oh, yeah. he's like his attitude but not but attitude in his voice like yes. it's not just being able to sing the words but no. being able to add that extra level yeah so those two were for me what about you Lainey uh, well what actually when I went into first time I saw No More Dream I actually got into BTS by watching Bon Voyage first oh which is a really unique such a good entry point oh, though it's, it's really good but it's a very unique way to get yes. into BTS because it's for those that don't know it's their travel show and it's basically like the group of them get sent to a country and have to fend for themselves for a couple of weeks it's very it's BTS off duty so like yeah. you know they're not in fancy clothes they're not they're not wearing makeup their hair's not done mm-hmm. they're having to cook and clean and they're often in pajamas and lost on the streets of a foreign country um, it really shows them as humans yeah. yeah so that's that's where I developed my bias because you know just shines as the mother of the group. <laughs> the comedy queen. The and comedy queen. The he has terrible dad jokes and he has a brilliant mother hen vibe and it just <laughs> made me fall in love with him. So going back and watching all of the old content, it was such a different perspective for me because he doesn't have much of a role in those early ones. He was just quote unquote the visual and he just mm. sort of stood in the back and was beautiful um, as he does. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 my bias is Jin, but I think in the videos, if I have to be... <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. Objective? Yes, you must yeah. be objective. I must be objective. Just for this. I still love him the most. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think RM was my pick. I think uh, I think Kate's right. I think his leadership quality, I think his challenging attitude. Mm. And I think just the inflections that he has with his diction and, and the story that he's able to tell through these lyrics, I think, yeah, MVP. MVP is RM. <laughs> so that's two votes for RM, one for Yungi. That's the second vote that shouldn't be allowed to be allowed. <laughs> Victoria. Well, it's a bit funny because um, I've got the same opinion as Kate. I really 
first person I well, I think the first person I noticed was RM was Nanjin, like because he's the leader and is kind of like steering the song. But also Yungi is like he's very dynamic to watch. Like he's bouncing all around. Like he's very much like look at me, look at me. Which you know I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked. Um, he's really really fun to watch. Like RM's kind of all serious, and then you've got like Yungi like having a lot of fun. Like yeah. they're all having fun, but it was just like a nice contrast to see. I felt like RM when they kind of centered him in some of the dance yeah. positions. He's standing still. He's standing still. Mm. They're all doing a move Around, and yeah. he's standing still and yeah. he's like, you know, he's saying his chorus lyric and they're all doing dance or moves yeah. and things like that. And it just like, you're just drawn to You him, are, like, you really are. And the like, whole look, like, he's quite, I mean, they're all basically the same height. He's a bit taller. He's tall. Yeah. Um, they started out the same they height. They started out the same height. The height's <laughs> still tall. All over them. They're all still growing yeah. at this yeah, point. So true. it means nothing. Yeah. But he was very tall from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. He's still the tallest. He's still a tall boy. Just He's still a tall boy. Tall boy. <laughs> and like the whole hair look and everything, like it's just very striking. But also like for me personally, he reminds me of like my bias or in Japanese band called Mook. And um, the lead singer Tatsuro is very tall mm-hmm. and is very like a very, very commanding presence. Like he's the first one you see because he's the tall and he's a singer. So, you know, that works. I was just like very, <laughs> very drawn by the fact that Namjoon reminded me so much of Tatsuro. And I was like, mm. oh no, <laughs> this is bad. Oh, Namjoon is such a good one to be a bias. Yeah. Like Namjoon, yeah. oh, God. I actually say quite often, like my bias is Jungkook, but my bias wreckers are the other other six of them. Because, <laughs> honestly, I'm side eyeing all of them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I I think that I think Namjoon is one of the most incredible humans. Like yeah. he's just as a person, he is just dreamy, dreamy to look at, dreamy as a person his brain Namjoon's sexy brain oh, sexy brain <laughs> I do like sexy brain sexy yeah. brain he has a very sexy brain I mean that's so surprising the book readers love a sexy mm. brain <laughs> what and, and you it... can watch videos of oh. Namjoon's favourite books oh yes book I watched that straight after this I recommend I've already bought one of the books that he's read there is Our... book clubs online that you can join oh, BTS wow. book clubs that yeah. run through all the books that the boys oh, read don't give me ideas I'll start another book club <laughs> okay he's fluent in English is that right yeah so Namjoon I mean this is said in like every American interview but yeah, Namjoon yeah. taught himself no no that's alright possibly non-army people listening hello welcome <laughs> Namjoon taught himself English by watching Friends seasons oh, wow. so he started off by watching the seasons with Korean subtitles mm-hmm. and then he watched them with English subtitles and then he watched them without like oh, wow. like multiple multiple yeah, watch- yeah. watches so he is that's self-taught that's incredible and he He's incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. That's just incredible. incredible. If you watch. If you watch his interviews in English, when he's in America, he has a very strong American accent. <laughs> if he goes to the UK, he has a very strong British accent. <laughs> when he comes Aww. to Australia, and he he does he so changes. He's, a, he's, a yeah. he does. he's not a comedian. He does it on yeah, purpose to be chameleon. better understood. Oh, a chameleon. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah, yeah. He is a chameleon. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And it, I love when he puts his British accent. It's on. so cute. It's very dapper. It's very posh. <laughs> very hello. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to do it. My God, I'm going to have to cut that part out. <laughs> you might get trouble <laughs> <laughs> okay and i guess so nam june for nam victoria june, yeah. so we've got three for june one for yungi i mean i it's nam june yeah, yeah. it's juni like Jungs, you're up there love you but nam june is the center of that i mean it's the center of bts yeah. like yes <laughs> honestly but they started strong straight mm. from the gate you know you knew where he yeah. was out of the group he's just in, he's incredible his particular you know his lines about you know what are your dreams etc yeah. just very important. So Junie gets it. No more dream. MVP. <laughs> Kim Nam Joon. We should start a leaderboard and have like little. <laughs> oh yes, I love it. I'm gonna have to record that. Do they, do they talk about much how the group was formed? Like why Nam Joon is the leader and like stuff like that? Basically, discussed, yeah, yeah. Basically, he he'd been with Big Hit the longest, I think. Yeah. So um, Bang PD signed him first um, okay. as in, a rapper. As a rapper, he was an underground rapper. In 2010 oh, wow. uh, and Sugar 
signed not long after and then J-Hope after that. And that was when there was still going to be a hip hop group. Okay. Um, and so from there, the others, when they decided to change focus and switch to an idol group, mm-hmm. that's when the others were all signed on and they changed to being more of more of a quote unquote traditional uh, idol group. But mm-hmm. in Korean society, the oldest is usually the one with the most authority. Mm-hmm. And so many people assume that Namjoon yeah. is the oldest of the group, but he, he was saying that, oh, it's because I was signed first. But mm-hmm. Peng, I think Bang PD recognized in him that leadership quality. Yeah. Um, and just okay. the capability of being able to juggle everything and being the intermediary between yeah. like this group and I suppose if he's, he's an a, incredible speaker yeah. Yeah. in it, multiple languages but the way he he speaks about things he's very he's very considered mm. and thoughtful and he is I mean obviously he went through hours and hours of training on how to yeah. be that way that's part of your K-pop training but yeah he is just the just a great speaker also quite commonly in K-pop they don't make the oldest the leader because the oldest already has the burden of being the oldest yeah. so you already have that responsibility of looking after the younger ones okay. of being the the young the oldest brother and being sort of in charge in that way sort of being the gel of the group so that's why Jin's the mother hen yeah mm. <laughs> I think that's just his personality but yes yeah. especially so because so, he's the oldest there is a joke going you know within the fandom that June is the dad and Jin is the mom yeah. <laughs> there's also a joke within BTS that Jin is actually the youngest because he acts the most childish yes. a lot of the time <laughs> Jin yeah they, there is an interview when they say they mention the youngest BTS member and they say John Cook and they go no no Jin <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah, Jimin and, and RM, and yes. he's like, oh, who interviewed you? He's like the youngest. I'm like, oh, John Cook, no, the actual youngest. Ah, Jin, Jin. Yeah, so he, I think that's yeah. You're, there's a lot on your shoulders as the leader. So to be both the the oldest brother and the leader is mm. is even more on your plate. Yeah. So I've, I have noticed in quite a few. K-pop bat boy bands that I love. Hmm. Often the oldest is not the leader. I think EXO the oldest is, but that's the only one I can think of. Do you think that they chose him also to be quote unquote the leader because he had more musical background or more musical history than the others? Yes and no. Like the leader doesn't have a like a, it's not a specific member as far as their musical skill. Like I'm tr- I'm thinking across other bands. It's more intermediary between the group and the company to yes, be a representative. Right. Yeah, so, you're a representative. Okay. of the group that yeah. is your so, so you've got to have leadership skills yeah. you've got to be a good speaker mm-hmm. and be good under pressure as well well okay. you also quite often do the acceptance speeches you also lead the greetings so it's like to the public but as well as to the company and negotiating on behalf of other members so okay. it's kind of like you're kind of like the prime minister of your tiny little group <laughs> so you have to represent them or the for president the world. if you're from America or the president <laughs> so you have to represent them to you know your representatives but also to everybody yeah. else so Cool. Anyway, we love June. A lot. Thanks, Junie. <laughs> so we're at the end, guys. I think this has been pretty good, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. fun, at least. We'll see. We've had fun. That is <laughs> That's the important thing. If BTS have taught us nothing else. Yes. <laughs> Make have yourself fun. happy. Yes. Do what you love. Yes. Love yourself. Yeah. Speak love, yourself. Love yourself. Love myself. Speak yourself. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm going to put some show notes together with emails and contacts and any links to the videos we've spoken about today. Stay tuned for the next episode. We are Bulletproof Part 2. Bye! Bye! (laughs) Thank you for listening to We Review BTS. If you enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe and leave us a review. And in the infamous words of Mr. Min Yoongi, love yourself, love myself. Peace. Peace.